You want to book as much acting work as you can, as often as you can. We get that. The thing is, you don't book acting work by focusing on booking acting work. The industry is more dynamic than that. The art is more interesting than that. By taking you inside the craft, the casting room, and the business, and bringing other industry experts into the conversation, we dig in. We pull back the curtain of the industry and show you how much power you really have as an artist. And by bringing your humanity to the work and the industry, you become an artistic leader the kind of actor who books work. Even after decades of working with actors all over the world, in our classes at the BGB studio, teaching, coaching, casting, directing, producing, acting, on set, on stage, behind the camera and in front, nothing excites us more than seeing you express your unique artistic voice, humanize the business, and book work doing it. We're here on the podcast and in class at the BGB studio to give you all the tools you need to be a championship-level working actor right now in an industry that desperately needs your voice and your leadership. Yeah, industry and artistry. This is the only place you're going to hear this. I'm Risa. And I'm Steve. And this is the Acting Podcast from the BGB studio. What are we talking about? We're talking about self-tapes. Self-tapes are all the rage. It's the new buzzword in actor life, Hollywood, and the industry process. It's a buzzword, this self-tape? Well, it's two buzzwords with a hyphen in between. Self-tape. And you could get philosophical about this in, in, in Buddhist philosophy. Yes, As much ahead. as there is no self. So what is the self we are taping? This bleeds right into our messaging about removing ego from this process, doing it for its own sake. I would say it's the no self-tape. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. And I think I like that. I think that would be a great way for people to interpret this whole thing because it has it's making actors cuckoo. It's actually you not know. a presentation of self. No. It's an exploration. Nor is it a presentation of character. Yeah. It's uh uh, it's the taping of the human experience. There you go. It's an experience taping. <laughs> it's the human tape. Right. So let's get back to the practical shit here because no one cares about the philosophy. They're trying to book work, right? And so... But we're going to come back to that because at the end of the day, that is the heart and essence of the work that actors need to keep reminding themselves of, the work that we do here at the studio, the work that actually books work. Right. Spoiler alert. We talk about Eastern philosophy or <laughs> removal of self or self-care, all these things that feel like nebulous notions. Uh, and then the end game of all of this, as people who have booked a lot of work understand, yeah. really is processing that stuff, approaching the work through that. So someone shows up in deep need, having graduated from theater school or whatever else, all they want to do is book a co-star or the series regular, whatever else, and they think, give me the five practical steps to get there. Uh, and at the end of the five practical steps, we offer we have a winner. Uh, that there is no self. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, or there as is the true test. It's yeah. similar to like a, you know some sort of martial arts movie where you thought it was one thing, the training getting in one, one place, and turns out the training was about something else, wax on, wax off. Uh, not about that, you know. Yeah. Uh, but really, that's uh, what we offer here at the studio in terms of the training, and it, that's that next level shit. Um, the the processing of your own mental constructs, the sabotaging, the resistance, the perception of the industry, the perception of the rejection, all that stuff, and the removal of ego, all of that, yeah. stuff, absolutely. Yeah. And and that removal of ego is so um, challenging. Yeah. But ultimately, that's the last step to to being a TV star. Yeah. And the most important one, and you have to remember once you are a TV star. So anyway, to get back to, right. you know, I was thinking about this just now before we started, like what was the first self-tape I ever saw? Mm. And I don't remember what the first one was, but I remember a significant one. It's 2010 and I was... 
It was before that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what circumstances in the beginning were you getting self tapes when everyone would come to the room anyways? It was, it was if somebody was out of town and needed to do something that there's no other way to do, but there were no phones and there were no little mini cameras and there was no internet like that was operating that way. So somebody would, you know, find a camera and put themselves on a VHS tape and then it would be put in a FedEx envelope and sent and you get it three days later. Can you imagine? Yeah. But that I mean, was, that I, was the I process. I did that from time to time. You did? Uh, when I was did you ever self-tape? Uh, I did. You did? But, but what was interesting, though, and I think it, and you may or may not validate this, to me it was if you knew the casting director, it wasn't some sort of blind submission or even right. the agent didn't know you or, hey, I want to you know, give this a crack. Can, can you see my self-tape? It was you knew the person, you thought they were great and worthy of seeing. Needed to be seen. Needed to be seen. And if you're talking about, let's say, Canadian actors or actors in the UK, they were doing it well before any of this craze. The UK, yeah, also, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Australians, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but but it's, it's if you knew the agent well, perhaps, or if you, like you weren't going to years ago accept a self or see a self date from just some random person, right? No. Um, and that is more the case now. Right. But I remember doing The Doors and... You know, Val Kilmer wanted to be Jim Morrison, and so he made a self-tape. He reincarnated in his mind um, and in his body Jim Morrison performing at the whiskey, and he put himself on tape, and then he did a little scene from the the movie from a script. I don't even know if the script existed, but he got some pages and he did a little Jim Morrison backstage and he sent it in. Now, was this because he didn't want to come in under those? No, he wanted to, he wanted to recreate the Jim Morrison experience. So he would have come in to see Oliver Stone to audition, but he chose not to. He wanted to perform (laughs) rock and roll. I mean, like, yeah, he got on stage, he had a band, he, you know, put on the leather pants. He made love to the or whatever he did to the microphone, and um, and he you know reincarnated Jim Morrison, which was impressive. But then he also did a little bit of acting, and it was more effective doing it on film that hmm. way because you actually got to see it from afar the way sure. it would ultimately be on film, and you got to say, well, is this Jim Morrison or is this not Jim Morrison? Lots of guys came in the room and auditioned, but this was his process. But it was indeed a self tape, and so. And do you think he got the part? Um, because yes. he took that step. Yeah. And just to be clear, he might not have gotten it had he come in the room. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. 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 And so here we are, um, and self-tape is not only the future, it's the now to the exclusion of, you know, this is sort of hot off the press. This is the latest uh, intel. Yeah, but I want to say Go one ahead, more please, thing please, about please, the, please. The, the Val Kilmer thing. Yeah. Because what he did was... Uh, taking a big step into making a little movie of himself. And I love when I see somebody take that kind of leadership and not necessarily have to make a movie, but to remember this is your take, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But it was innovative. It was smart. It wasn't necessarily effective for me in terms of was he the person I would have chosen to play that part? That's Oh, who would you have chosen? There's a guy. Tell me. I can't say. Should I say? I, had, I, had I think you should say, but that's your business, whether you want to... opinion about the per- first person who auditioned for the role. I would have cast that person. This is me waiting for you to tell. Oh, okay, okay. Brad me. Pitt. Brad Pitt. I did a great audition. Wow. That, Brad Pitt and Patricia Arquette came in and auditioned together. They were the first people in the room. Together? Together. Huh. Yeah, I was bringing people in together. I'm not sure why. but And and to, I, I was like, I said, we're done. This is it. But and I, you had cast him before. Yeah, but I would have I would have cast those two people because they did great work. But Val was 
a reincarnation of. So for me, it was a little bit conceptually of an impersonation of. I have no issue with his ultimate performance. I thought it was great. But it, and Oliver Stone leaned towards Val Kilmer. Ultimately. Yeah, no, he loved what Val did, and and, yeah. and rightly so, and I totally get that. But what I loved about what he did, the, what the process was that he took it into his own hands to do something extreme, you know, big, innovative, and uh, to shake the shake it up. Is there a world in which Brad Pitt does that same thing uh, and and gets the part? I don't know. He didn't do it, so who knows? Oh shit! Hard to say. Love it. Yeah. So here he, we are. Go ahead. Yeah. So so yeah. He here we are where self tape dominates, <clears throat> right. and it's f- freaking people out. Right. It's freaking actors out. It's pr- it's freaking a lot of people out because it's a whole new thing, and so it it's become a new thing. Right. But 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 here we are. The next step of all this. It's not just hey, how do we self tape? Yeah. Um, it's a situation that you can attest to with firsthand experience of what's happening in the industry right this second yeah. is that it's becoming self-tapes to the exclusion of auditions, in-person auditions. Yeah. Yeah. That means that that is a dinosaur. It has come and gone in a lot of ways in the same way that people don't answer their phones anymore because right. let's text or, you know, I, you know. so that, that ugh, but I really am better in the room and I really want a director or cast director to, to give me a note or whatever. That is gone. It is gone. And, and it's, it's a little heartbreaking because yeah. there was a whole world where those auditions were collaborative and where people learned what their movie or their show or their script was. And that was the experience that people had together, especially when I was in New York, that was the case. And, you know, when you're working on, let's say, a new play or a filmmaker's written a new film or a, a, a pilot's been written and, and the writer who may be also the filmmaker or who may be the showrunner is trying to figure out what this is, what the right. voice is, what the, right. what the, what the characters are, what the relationships are, what the story is. And though an auditions teach used to teach them that they don't necessarily have that there. They can't collaborate and say to an actor, try this, try this, you know, and, and right. I've worked with a lot of filmmakers who found their movie in the audition process. Wow in the room with right. actors. And, and so even have, have taken notes based on things that actors have done. Stolen everything. And said, I'm yep. going to steal what you do now right. because that was brilliant. I hope that's right. okay. Right, right. Um, whether it's okay or not, they did it anyway. So what I, but what I love uh, loved about that was it was so deeply collaborative and so much about people learning from each other. And, and now that doesn't happen anymore. Sure. Hardly. Also as casting directors, you were required to know how to navigate that process. And you had to know how to talk to actors, how to collaborate with actors, how to find the scene with a director. Or, you know, I worked with filmmakers who would never talk to actors. So we would all, I would teach them how to talk to actors while they would visually, cinematically, and also story-wise figure out what the movie was. And it all happened in those rooms, which so, was so exciting. Let, let's talk. Uh, That's gone. I know I get excited about no, 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 it, no, no, but totally I'm saying understand. it with a lot of like, oh, I remember the days. Right. So that doesn't happen much a lot anymore. Of actors do. Yeah. Right. But let's talk about so specifically what is happening now uh, with regard to self tapes that is affecting the way producers, the way the way everyone interacts with actors, and the way that casting is happening at all. Yeah. Like the entire structure of casting is changing now. So what's happening more and more is that people are self-taping more than getting in rooms. Some of that is because directors, producers, writers, executives are not in the room anymore. Or in the city. Or in the city. So, right. but, but they're even if they're in the city, <laughs> and I had that experience a number of times where I'm in the same city as them, but I'm here in North Hollywood and they're in you know Culver City, and they're not coming here and I'm not going there. And so- Because traffic. Because of traffic, yeah. Right. And people are busy and they're making- oh, yeah, 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 totally. And so we're all in our little cocoons, and so I would put people on tape. 
here at BGB and send it off, you know, via the World Wide Web and people would look the, at it. The net, I think it's yes. called the net. Oh, okay, the yeah, net. I'm not sure. Yeah. And they'd look at it on right. one of those platforms and they would select actors from there and then meet them at the table read or on set. And some old fashioned and rightly so, you know, old school people would say, well, I would need to be in the room with actors and some right. still do. Right. Um, but what's happened is because they're not in the room and so then that casting directors are in the room with actors, then why not do a self-tape? Because they're going to watch the producers, directors, writers, executives are going to watch the same tapes on the same platform, you know, five people in the room with the casting director and then three that are brought in, uh, that are included, that were self-tapes done wherever they were done. And they will look at them with the same attention and the same interest. And so what, then why, what, what does it matter? Right. So right? These, these producers uh, now aren't necessarily even want to be in the room. So what you've done in terms of the casting process is you've eliminated the waiting room. You've eliminated, uh, you know, sending out instructions for parking. You've there's a lot of time that has been you eliminated mean by doing from the more self tapes. Yeah. By, by only processing self tapes. So go ahead. Yeah. So and your job as a casting director now is, is to process self tapes as opposed to set up an actual session. Or be in a room with actors. And be, and be right. And so also what's happened is then casting directors have not uh, have stopped you know, really practicing talking to actors, a lot of them, especially in television, even in film, are doing multiple shows so right. and movies, so they're not in the room themselves. So they're putting an associate or an assistant in the room. And so... When they actually, if they actually do, if they, yeah, and so and so, then all of those circumstances lead to more and more self tapes. And I know casting directors now in Los Angeles who are only seeing actors on self tape because they don't have the time and and they don't have directors in the room, and it's just easier. And so they're now just processing self tapes for certain roles, and watching them, selecting their favorite, and then sending those off to the team. So tell me this, in, in as much as we know that producers and, and networks and studios, what they're looking for is volume, I want to see a lot of actors, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So if this is just an exercise in processing self-tapes, certainly watching them, discerning you know what might work, what might not. Um, and in that, the fancy casting directors are now just taking on more shows and more shows and basically turning it from, uh, you know, uh, a whole bunch of individual casting directors to a casting business with yeah. 10 associates as opposed to a one casting director working on one or two projects at a time. Um, how does that affect the process for actors when there are now like sort of clusters like corporate casting now? Um, how does that affect the actors' interaction with casting directors? They're in, interacting less and less. I mean, right. I guess the good news is that you, if you're doing five projects, which I don't really believe in, but if you're doing five projects... Sorry, why don't you believe in that? That's important, I think. Because you can't give the work that kind of attention. Hmm. I, I don't believe you can. You can have fantastic associates, and I know plenty of people who have a great team of casting directors working for them, um, and they can process a number of things. I mean, Bernie Telsey, who is sure. a you know, a close right. friend and associate has a great company, but he's got great people working right. for him. And, you know, in, in, and he's got, you know, many different, um, banners of, you know, theater, television, film commercials, et cetera. But the good news is when an office that is doing volume of work knows you, then you get, you have more opportunity. Right. And so that's, that's a, a, a really great thing. The challenge is having a relationship with anybody 
And so you're sort of left out on your own to do the self-tape work that's going to make a difference and an impact. Um, and I think that's what's happening for actors more and more and more. And so that's hard on one hand, but there we'll talk about massive advantages to it. And also we have to accept that this is the way it is. And so one of the things that happens and when we do self-tape classes here, where the first thing I often say is, okay, let's talk about all the excuses, <laughs> right? Let's right. just get it out now, you know, and people will, will, look at me like I'm crazy, but say, let's just dump all the reasons why self-taping is hard. Yeah. But there are as many reasons why going to an audition and having to park, you know, and walk in the heat and wait and go through all the, you know, dress up and doing all those things and then wait and wait and wait and going through like half your day getting to an audition and, and back um, can be inhibiting. There are certainly issues with this, but there's an amazing opportunity. And it's like, this is what the trend is. This is what the process is. You may as well embrace it right. and figure it out. So let's get in and talk about some of these challenges. If I think of uh, when I pursued an acting career years ago, um, if you were to ask me, you know, after an audition that I struggled through and felt the emotional consequences of, et cetera, I would say, yes, for the love of God, let me self-tape so I don't have to put myself through that really? anxiety yeah. and all that sort of stuff. It's sort of like working from home versus like yeah. going into an office yeah, yeah, every yeah, day yeah. and dealing yeah. with people and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, that said, as actors who are self-taping a lot know, after five or six of them feeling like you're in some vacuum somewhere, just taking a shot at something and never hearing, uh, that has challenges also. So, uh, so, so I think what has to happen then is you have to figure out, and the answer I think is through the work itself, to, uh, to find that same level of emotional investment uh, to, to channel into the work itself. So the stakes aren't necessarily it's like texting versus being on the phone. Like you're not necessarily going to get the results of in real time looking at someone after your audition and, and and with that sort of puppy dog eye, like did I do okay? Right. And they go, thanks, we'll call you, or like whatever it is, that they, or that was terrific. You don't get that immediate response, um, which often is nothing. Sure. Often there's no response. So many, how many times do actors walk into the room? I don't know what I did. I shit the bed, rug, whatever it's called. You know, I, 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 I'm deflated. I, I think I did okay. I don't think I did. I mean, there's so much of that self-doubt that creeps in. But at least an actor can project something, some sort of perception onto, oh, she looked at me then looked down then looked up again. That must mean that I'm terrific or whatever else, right? Like there, there's some sort something. of human interaction okay. yeah. that offers something. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the self-tape, um, the producers are busy. Everyone's busy. No no one cares. No one wants to coddle you or give you direction um, to the detriment of the project, I suspect, but all the same. So then it really is on you in your home office to come up with all those stakes on your own yeah. to, um, you know, to find it through the work, to, to find the love of it for its own sake. We talk about that all the time. Um, and, and I think that is the shift of on the one hand going in and knowing you're going in and knowing that, that there will be someone there. So there'll be some sort of human interaction, which will create an emotional consequence of them liking it or not some, an audience, you know, uh, theater versus film, et cetera, uh, to how to let that go, understand that that's gone now and how to create that for yourself, um, in your self taping. And, and I think what we come back to all the time is you have to turn self-taping into a practice, turn it into a ceremony, turn it like any sort of doubt that you have about the lighting or the whatever else, um, create that situation so that you can find stakes in the work itself. So to a certain extent, uh, it requires way more leadership than the alternative. At the same time, I think the best thing about it is that it offers the opportunity for more leadership, that you can be Val Kilmer saying, all right, well, this is mine. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I don't have to deal with the ridiculousness of your stupid notes. I want you to cry on this one right. or yeah. you know, whatever ridiculousness. I'm going to create something and hand it to you and yep. take full ownership of it. And I hope it affects you. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Right. And I've now made a little thing and right. I was deep in it. And I offer that to you to do whatever it is you want to do with it. And you find the pride and creation of yeah. it yeah. Uh, that you brought it to life. You know, you birthed it. And you don't actually have to deal to a certain extent with the systemization of art that when you actually go into the belly of the beast in an audition and they're tired and they're, you know, this network's been screaming at them for six weeks to bring in blah, 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 and um, a packed waiting room and all that stuff as they try to institutionalize art, uh, you get to, to transcend all of that. Um, so, but, but that takes a mind shift. No doubt. Right. Because one of the things that happens, and I know that there are people in this industry who, st who advocate for that, not, not knowingly, but they do. People recreate the audition room and the audition experience with all its anxiety and all its stiffness and limitations. And it's a weird Jungian thing, right? That they're like working out the trauma of their past in these self-tips. So it's, a, it's my turn now. So let's get, as you say, yeah. let's get the hideous background and I'll wear that, that audition coat Outfit. or whatever yeah. Yeah. and be stiff and blah, blah, blah. And just stand there in front of a blue wall or something, you know, <laughs> with, with, with bright lights. You know, everyone's now got certain kind of lights and those are easy to find. But then to create a situation that is going to traumatize you the way you have allowed yourself to be traumatized in your auditions and bring all of that into your home. You know, <laughs> you know, and then you have to like burn incense and cleanse yourself because you can't walk out of it because you've just done it in your bedroom or your living room right. or you've paid money, which I'm not saying is, is the worst thing in the world. If you need that accountability, a min, what is it like a dollar a minute to go into a self-tape studio where, and you know, well, where, where they'll do the work for you, but then you're now recreating the audition experience. Why? Why would you, first of all, it will, at the end of the day, it will help your audition experience when you do go in the room because you'll start breaking down the walls and actually looking at this and going, wait a minute, why do I need to do that? Right. You know, so, so my first advice to all you guys out there is look at what you are recreating and start to let go of the idea that this audition thing that you've been struggling with and understandably for years is now brought into this work experience that can be, should be, Totally different. Yeah. And I think in terms of the whys, um, actors give up their power. They think that that what is necessary, what, what is being done in the industry is what it is. That is art. That is success. And so I have to go through yeah. um, those metrics. I have to check those boxes to make that happen. And so you internalize the industry thinking that that is your value. So you have to fall in the industry's line. But the truth is you actually are a disruptive force to the industry. There's that art uh, finance conflict that the production versus the actual art. And that conflict is so important but you have to show up as an equal partner to that conflict absolutely. Um, so that the result of that positive conflict is, is, is art. Uh, and so I think uh, rather than be um, all the bad parts of the industry, you have to understand your role. You actually are meant to push back against the industry. You're meant to, to have them who have written this thing and it exists in their head and they've written the breakdown and blah, 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 um, and created this system you know, to try to make it happen. You're supposed to make them go, oh, it turns out it wasn't that, it's this, because you showed it to me. But you the showed truth, me the humanity to it. The truth is, that's all anybody wants, Steve, right. is the humanity. And they're, you know, directors, producers, writers, showrunners, 
um, most of those people who are the creative team, they don't didn't make these rules. Right. They just were told the, those were the rules too. So yeah. everyone's bought into this system that kind of evolved accidentally and became very structured and stiff and rigid and limiting. Um, which nobody wants. And unfortunately, so many casting directors are so twisted up in just getting from A to B from day to day that everybody's forgotten to stop and have a human experience and come back to the art of it and remember that we're creating something together. So you get to do that in the most wonderful way and remind them that that's not what we're doing here. Right. And at the end of the day, all they want to do when they watch your tape is be affected. And that's leadership, right? Yeah. Like that's, I see where you guys are coming from. I, I've read this piece. I've, I've read the breakdown. I understand what's going on here. Let me show you where I'm at on this. And, and, and it, it may be a little bit left or right of, of what's on the nose here, but let me offer some, my humanity in here to show you what this is. And, you know, we talk about this example a lot, but I think it bears repeating because it's so relevant to this discussion that we preach this stuff all the time. And some of our actors in Atlanta said, yeah, okay. Um, but check out this one page that this casting director in Atlanta sent to us basically the self tape how to that's right yeah. like so this is what she needed to process your self tape stand here this is the shot say this do this the lighting needs to be this do not wear this all like this all of these uh, uh boxes that need to be checked so that she can you know read your self tape look at your self tape and uh our response is she actually doesn't want that so she's dealing with uh, these self-tapes that she can't see or hear, and she's frustrated because there's too many of them, and the producers are putting pressure on her, and she's saying, I need to satisfy the producers. They want more people. This person was great, but I can't see you, yeah, or yeah. you wore this shirt that was too loud, and so like blah, blah, blah. And so then she tries to systemize things. She tries to create some, rules. some sort of codified yeah. situation here around art. And so what she gets then, I suspect, are actors who are trying to satisfy those rules. I did all the things, check, 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 check. Can I have the job? Now the answer is no, because you didn't offer art. So she's giving you a structure. And within that structure, you as an artist have to understand, I'm going to break this structure here and here and here. Yes, have to be seen. Yes, have to be heard. But And um, not for the sake of breaking nope. it, but for the sake of getting to the core heart of what the work is. Right. And allowing that structure to just... You know, yes, I, I want you to, like you said, I want you to hear me, see me, hear my off-camera scene partner, right. all of those things, not be distracted, but to come to the heart of the work. And you have countless examples of uh, lo-fi situations that were sent to you that the talent came through, yeah. even if you missed a couple of the lines because of sound was awful or they're in some hotel room in who knows where because they're on set, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Uh, and you saw the talent because that's what you're good at. And you're, and you're, and you're wait, all you're waiting to, because my only barometer, and especially you know, in a self-tape, it's, it's, it's an immediate reaction because it's right there. You know, it's contained on your computer or on your phone. And, and we'll get to the phone thing in a second where how people watch them but all you 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 want is to be affected instantly the same way you you're affected and this is an interesting challenge that you're watching like films that you know of some great movie that you that you just heard about you're yeah. watching the emmy nominated uh, uh shows that you have to you know vote on yeah. you're watching some wacky thing on instagram and then you're going to the self-tape and you're watching them all with the same level of interest and discernment and so you know all you all you want with all of them is to be entertained to be affected it doesn't have to to laugh to cry whatever to be moved on some level and if you are then you keep watching. If right. not, you move on. And so that's the great news is that that's your job now is to get inside the work, inside the story, inside the experience so that you can 
deeply inhabit it. And so someone will be affected by you within seven seconds of watching. And that's not that hard to do if you're focusing on those things and not on all the crazy things that you think are important, like technical things or the limitation of the audition recreation. So the work then now is to, within this structure, which is yeah. just a different structure, yeah, yeah. Um, and structures change all the time with technology and whatever else. This has been the case in our business forever and ever, uh, to find space for your talent in this structure, to find space for joy in this structure, to integrate um, the processing of your products, you know, the making of the self-tape with respect to the technology or the work itself or whatever, with joy and ease. And the first step is accepting that this is now, this is happening, and it will continue to happen and it will happen more uh, to the exclusion of in-person auditions, full stop. Like, let's just move on, okay? Um, And then how can we create that experience so that uh, there is nothing but space for your talent? And, and that starts looking like getting over your concerns about technology. And it may mean that you have to do some research to figure out what is the way to light, you know, uh, the scene or how do I work this camera or how do I upload this, that or the other thing. And the good news is m- most phones now can even offer, you know, I've seen uh, multiple self tapes made on decent iPhones yeah. and or similar and they're great. And so it doesn't have to be fancy because here's what the interesting thing is. Most casting cameras that are used in casting rooms yeah. are much lower quality than your average iPhone. Right. So you're already at an advantage, but you have to not get caught up in that. And it's, it, and some of it is is learning some of the technology, and I know I struggle with it, you know. But once you learn it, and if I can do it, anyone can do it. And it's true, though. I mean, if I you, laugh because you say that all the time. But it, so but it's here's true. what you say all that you always say you struggle with technology. Then you spend ten hours, like pulling your hair out, going through the actual work of it. Yeah. And then you know, yeah. and then you say, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Well, but I yeah, <laughs> but you got to make the effort. That's just yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and what my point is. Resistance will come up because it does for me. Right. I mean, I was doing that yesterday when I was learning how to, you know, reformat and 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 upload from one drive to another, and it just panicked me. And then, but you always do the work, is the point. But it right? is, so it like, is, and, and, and get over yourself. It. Yeah, totally. and, and I'm not saying I say that with love because I say it to myself. Get over your all of that fear and all that stuff and all of the excuses. Because if you have to learn 16 pages of dialogue the night before right. to get to the deadline for the self tape the next day, you would have to do that with if you. Went into an audition room, and you have to stop and say, "Wow, what, a, what yeah. a first-class problem to have." Someone is asking me to learn 16 pages, you know. And I know a lot of people have talked about, "Oh, but when you go into the room, you can bring your script with you." But on a self-tape, you're expected—excuse <clears throat> me—on a self-tape, you're expected to memorize it to the point of perfection. Who's saying this ridiculous stuff? Well, people do expect you to be off book to some extent. But again, and, but they did in a, I mean, yeah, it has, it's not no different than in right. a room. I think that we've gotten, we, meaning I'm talking to you actors at, as, and including myself in it, we've all gotten a little lazy in this. Yeah. Well, if I go in the audition room, I don't know, know all my words. It's okay. You know, there are, the, it's sometimes it can be hard and sometimes you can't meet that mark, right. you know? And I also believe that deadlines are a little bit flexible sometimes. I know I create deadlines for my own convenience because I look at my day and I will say, all right, so I I have a casting session in the afternoon. Um, these self-tapes need to get to me so I can see them. Uh, so they have to go through a process where they're uploaded by my associate or assistant. And then I have to get to, I want to see them before I go into the session because at the end of the session, I've got to send the best of everything. And I have to be somewhere at seven o'clock at night, so and I have to have lunch, and so I need the self tapes 
you know, in by 10, they can be processed by noon, I can watch them by one, and then be able to discern what is going to go forward. And when that happens, um, I create a deadline of 9am. But if some amazing self tape came in at 4pm, because somebody said, honestly, again, we're all human beings in this, let's remember that we're all figuring this out, said, you know what, my client or me, the actor can get you a kick ass self tape by four, but I can't get it by nine properly, because it, you know, stressing me out, I don't have the time, whatever that is, you know, the answer is yes or no, but but ask the question. And just know that those deadlines are not loose, but they're often created for everyone's convenience. And and if you need a little extra time to do great work, just ask for it. So the technology is something that clearly can be learned. Yes. And and, and, and we encourage everyone to yeah. do it. Yeah. And, and uh, I would even say, and again, everyone's different, I would say figure out how to do it on your own rather than pay someone, only because I feel like um, there's something that can be for many actors limiting about and 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 power giving up uh, of showing up to another place and having it done within 15, 20 minutes. I'm not saying that you should then take six hours to do your self-tape because now you're on take 704. Right. But at the same time, there's something really interesting and, and ownership taking about uh, you knowing how to do it yourself, at least having the option. Yeah. So, so you figure out the technology and then the other part of it, I think, it, it, as we sort of look at how you um, can get over the initial step of this before you even turn it into a practice, is finding someone to read with you. And, and that's where community comes into all this. Here we are in a, in a place of self-taping where uh, you are not connected to other human beings. But this is antithetical to how artists uh, are made and what they need, right? We all know that artists need to be in community. Um, and so it is essential to have a community of actors with whom you share self-tape work so that you get together and uh, one reads for the other and then you switch, et cetera. Because I think that does infuse it with that human experience on some level. Yeah. And if you're in some Motel 6 in Budapest, they don't have those there. But uh, because, <laughs> yeah. because you're in working a remote place, in yeah. a remote place and you need to get the self-tape in by tomorrow, sure, you record yourself doing it. You do what you need to you do, need to right? do. Let's take a break here and go to our segment. Great question. Let's talk about that. All right, so we have our segment called Great Question. Let's talk about that. And we're going to do it twice uh, in this particular podcast because self-tape brings up so many of these questions. And the questions are often coming from a place of how do I control this situation? So many details. One casting director told me this. A teacher told me this. Uh, so let's do the lightning round with you, Risa okay. Garcia. Um, so Jamila in Atlanta says, uh, when I self-tape, when is it appropriate to submit multiple takes? Let's start there. Um I would keep it to a minimum and only if they're both, uh, each one is different and offers a different point of view. Um, I've had, I've gotten tapes where like somebody will send three takes and they're pretty much all the same. And I think what happens is sometimes you get obsessed about, well, I love the beginning of this one and I love the end of that one. Um, what do I do? I'm going to send both. Mm-hmm. And, and so that none of that really matters. But if you have two of them, one of them where you're, you know, deeply, weeping because that's what just came up and another one where you're trying to control that because that came up and they're both wonderful and you really don't know what they're looking for. Why not send them? But what I would say is when you send them, send them separately. Don't join them in one link because then the casting assistant has to do editing. So edit for them and and put the one that you feel is the strongest first. Thank you, Jimmy. That was your question, but we're going to add others here to this lightning round. Okay. Uh, Props, friend or foe? You know, I'm not a big prop person. Why not? 
because it's distracting, right? You know, unless you're brilliant at it. I know one person who's a brilliant prop person. <laughs> they can bring in props, and it's like they do a magic show, and it's great. Right. But you don't need props. This isn't about that. This is about uh, the human experience. And on the day, they'll give you lots of wonderful props to choose from, or their favorite prop of choice. So. If a prop is super helpful to you because you're drinking a lot of wine, then, you know, bring something to drink. If sure. if you're talking on the phone, use your cell phone potentially, but really talk on the phone. And the other thing I'll say, you know, oftentimes you bring in props because it's presentational. I feel like I have to show them X, Y, or Z, so let's wear the lab coat, which is, to me, is a prop. It's not a costume. It's a prop, you know? Um, but I think the reason why uh, a phone and a water bottle, and only a phone and a water bottle work, is because they're ubiquitous. If you see someone on the phone, it doesn't necessarily take you away from the scene or their talent or their work because we're so used to cell phones. Yeah. Um, but everything else, I think, uh, it's problematic. The question to, to, to ask yourself is, is, does this help me for my scene? Do I need this for me as an artist? And if not, uh, not. Which uh, is the same thing with any kind of wardrobe. And I think so what happens. Let's, ha let's have that question. Sure. Let's just yeah. call it what it is though. Like, yeah. so do I have to wear the scrubs and the whatever? Go ahead. And no, um, <laughs> unless it makes you feel fantastic and it, and it, and it really is about what it does for you rather than present an idea of a costume, um, whether you come in the room or sure, or you're doing it at home, but creating this whole scenario at home where you're building the world, you know, you're, it's just focusing on things that don't matter and they really can be distracting. Now that said, I love sometimes seeing somebody do a scene in their kitchen, you know, or in their bathroom because it feels real. And, and if you can do that without, again, ma worrying about production value, then sometimes it can be really um, affecting for you and in that for the, for the viewer. Uh, I've got uh, four people in, in my scene that I'm talking to four different eyelines. I'm enjoying you're, this. You're, I'm really enjoying really this. You really are. Why is that? This is great. Because I, like, <laughs> to me, let's, let's approach these questions with a little bit of humor and blast through them because they're fucking irrelevant. They are so irrelevant. That's why. They so to me, this matter. is, and I mean this with respect, yeah. this is fluff. This is the stuff that happens in an actor's head when they want this so badly and they're desperately trying to control. So it's the laughing Buddha laughing at the nature of the mind, trying to you know grab yeah. onto these little things that may or may not matter, and they don't. But so, people have been told, totally. and that's the thing, and, yep. and you're going to... And you, 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 we're telling them right now, <laughs> let it go. Just let it go. None of sure. it matters. So the eyeline thing has been a real stickler for me because people are so busy inventing, you know, f fantasy people, you know, invisible friends in the air. And you can tell I'm talking to you now, Steve. Now right. I'm talking to the wall. You know, now I'm talking to, to another wall. And I'm hurt right now because I'm right here. Why don't you see me? Exactly. So no matter who you are, you are the human being and you can be all those different people to me. Right. And you I, always bring in great readers too. Yeah. But even if you don't have a great reader for yourself tape and you're doing sure. with your spouse or your grandmother, you know, mm -hmm. or the, 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 the bellboy who just brought you, you know, your food or the woman at the front desk at the at the motel six you know you you are talking to a human being sure. and you will affect that human being and you will hear that human being and you will allow that human being to affect you if you talk to the human right right do i need to put a button on the end of the thing a little to like juice the end of the scene why would you do that i don't know because i i don't because i don't feel enough with what i did and i want to differentiate myself i want that unfair advantage on every other actor they're going to see so i'm going to drop a little one-liner right at the end bam so here's the thing. Go ahead. You finish the scene. You have the last moment. This is your take. And if you're shooting on set or if you're in on audition room or in your self-tape, the editor will cut to you 
If you fill that last moment in a human capacity, if you really listen and you're present in that, so you don't have to do anything or be clever. If that comes up and you say something funny, you know, how great for you, but you don't have to consciously prepare for that moment of, you know, but I mean, you know, if the writer hasn't written that, but if you, if something just comes up and it's great, sure. Why not? They'll, people will edit it out if they don't want to use it, or they will not pay attention to it if they're watching the work um, honestly. Along the same lines, another question, part A and B, uh, can I, should I, is it allowed to improvise? Uh, and beyond that, should I be word perfect? Perhaps two mm. sides of the same coin. Um, you know, again, I think improvising is a great thing to do to get yourself yourself ready for the scene, but try to stick to the words that the writer's written as best you can. Sometimes people don't do that because they don't trust the words, and sometimes they don't do it because they don't know the words. So know your words as best you can. You're capable of that as part of your craft, as part of your practice. Um, and if they don't come out exactly right because you're so deeply in the moment, great. Nobody's going to penalize you for that. Nobody did not get a part because they said the word's wrong. But just try to get um, right with doing the words the way the writer intended as best you can. So Brandon, who is from uh, Brooklyn, uh, asks, can I submit an unsolicited self-tape to a project? Uh, thank you for your question, Brandon. Uh, we will answer that question. It's a great question. Let's answer that. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing because people always want to know, what if I just make a tape because I want to, because I was reading with a friend and I liked the scene, I thought I want to have a shot at that, and it was not asked for. Um, a couple of thoughts about that. And again, things are changing so rapidly, which is really interesting. Um, often now, agents will say to me, hey, I know you didn't ask for this person, but I think they'd be great for it. So instead of just pitching them to you and driving you crazy, I'm going to have them self-tape. Will you take a look at it? And that used to be a question that was, you know, not the norm a year ago, but now it's very much the case. And often you'll say, sure, say, fine. And hopefully you'll get to it or somebody in your office will get to it. But that, so that was, that's one version of it not being solicited. You didn't ask for that actor, but the manager or agent felt so passionately about that person that they are willing to ask that actor to self-tape in order to show you that that person can, you know, have a shot at it. And, and often those, that stuff comes in and it's really good. If you're an actor who's heard about it somehow because you, you know, it's on the street or you, you know, like it's a pilot or a movie and that role is, is, um, being processed for weeks and weeks, um, Often agents and managers will say, you know, they didn't ask for you, don't self-tape because nobody, I'm not going to send it in because I don't want to piss them off or they're not going to look at it. But I think that's changing and I would still advocate for you to say to the agent or manager, you know what, I love this part, I want to crack at it, I want to practice, so I'm going to do a self-tape at least of one scene, I'm going to send it to you and if you like it enough, would you please pass it along? And I would encourage that. And even if they say no after the fact because they, they want to be political, they don't want to make waves, you've done it. You've done a version of the work. You've practiced it. You've you've exercised your interest in that uh, and you've articulated that. It also shows your agent manager that you're not messing around here, that you're willing to do the work uh, and, and, and I think that's an important thing too. Yeah. And so then there's the other part of this, which is uh, what if I don't have an agent or manager, no representation whatsoever, I'm trying to get into this thing, is it worth, um, you know, is it worth putting something on tape and sending it if I can find the email for that office? I, I absolutely. I have gotten uh, unsolicited self-tapes from actors who heard about the project and put themselves on tape and did an amazing job. Gotcha. 
and and so then I think we have to also add some reality to this, which is in a situation where you have like you know uh, a corporate casting situation, yeah. and there are six associates and two hundred thousand submissions and two thousand self tapes or whatever. Um, you can't then expect even you know reasonably you can't expect that office or those human beings and it's not even personal, to, to look at everything, right? Yeah, it's too so, much to uh, process. But that should not dissuade you because ideally you're going to do it for its own sake, consistently turn yeah. it into a practice. Yeah. And, and the more you do it and the more you can not take it personally, do it for its own sake, the more you'll do. So if you're submitting uh, all the time, making self-tapes as a practice and, and submitting them as much as you can, you might just get a bite. And you're more likely to because you're putting you know, more out there. If you have a question that you'd like to have answered here on The Acting Podcast, email us at theactingpodcast at gmail.com. That's theactingpodcast at gmail.com. And put great question in the subject line so we'll know. We're ready to hear your question and offer our take on the answer. Go ahead and email today. We're here. Before we get back to our conversation, we want to give you some added bonus stuff. She said add. I did say add. This is an ad, folks. Finding and maintaining success as an actor requires intense focus in your acting work. It's a consistent practice. But in a business this dynamic and this fraught with emotional landmines, achieving your goals also requires addressing specific elements of your career and your life. To be successful, you have to take a long look at what you want your career to look like and what practical daily steps you're taking to get there. And you have to be taking responsibility for the mental and emotional roadblocks that keep you from success. So to make sure the work gets done, we offer career coaching and life design coaching. It's one-on-one, in-person, at the studio, or via Skype and Zoom for actors all over the world. In our career coaching sessions, you'll find ways to let go of guilt, doubt, fear, regret, and powerlessness. Embrace your gifts and come up with strategies to realize your projects, to network effectively, to engage with your representatives successfully, and to make money doing what you love. Together, we will turn the energy of frustration into the energy of doing and creating. In life design coaching sessions, you'll come to a deeper awareness of the emotional and mental blocks that stand in your way. You'll change your relationship with those blocks, and then we'll tailor a doable, daily practice that creates positive change in your life. It's awareness to intention to action. It's about removing what's in your way and creating presence and power in your life so you can show up for yourself and your career. So to schedule a career coaching or life design coaching session or a series of coaching sessions, go to braymangarciabraun.com slash coaching or click the link in our podcast show notes. And if you use the promo code podcast, you get a 10% discount on your first session. We keep coming back to the idea of practice. So why not practice self-taping just as an exercise? Right. You know, I mean, athletes, you know, will do a number of... Of, of practices or, or exercises that don't seem like they're the obvious road to the success of their particular field, but, you know, everything works the muscles. And so why not be in the practice of making self-tapes, making little movies, creating work, getting a few people together? And, you know, I know, I know a, a group of people that are in a self-tape club and they take just but they did they started a couple of pilot seasons ago 
where they take a bunch of, of, of pilot scripts and they self-tape each other. They read them, they self-tape them, they work on them, they give each other notes, and they work out. And, it, and they're, not, they're not in a fantasy of we're in, having a pilot season, but what they're doing is they're, they're practicing their work collaborating together and it's it's a really powerful exercise and because of that a couple pilot seasons ago I got hold of a bunch of them from a because they were working on a pilot that I was working on and there were some really good work and then I had to go to their agents some of them had agents and ask for them <laughs> to be submitted officially but reverse engineering reverse it, engineering because, yeah, right. yeah which the technology allows you to do right you yeah, can transcend yeah, yeah, like yeah. the classical industrial model in that regard so what's interesting is once you've done the work and it's sort of initial startup work of getting your head right on it, accepting that this is the way to go, um, gotten over the technology of it so you are able to, to deliver, create and deliver the product, then that practice is essential. Moving to that practice makes it so that when, this, when the request for a self-tape comes in, you're doing it. You're in the practice of doing it. Yes, you can deliver something by 5 p.m. It's not a big deal. And you can do good work. Um, and because you're doing it consistently, you love the work. You enjoy it. You figured out a way to turn it into turning the lights on, being like a ceremony, setting up the camera. I get to work now. Yeah. You yeah. can do the work of getting to that place. So when the request comes in and there's something on the line, um, it's just an extension of what you've already been doing. It's yeah. just an extension of your artistic practice. So that's what we're advocating for. You know, we offer these self-tape classes, um, and and I think that is that practice, which is essential. Um, and moreover, it gets your head right about it all. And then, like everything else, it's about integrating this stuff into your life, into your practice. This is the new way of doing things now, and it can be a bit of a hiccup for some people, um, but uh, but you have to integrate it into your artistic life. It's part of your practice. A couple things I want to address in that, because I think uh, one thing that you said about, you know, do really tackle the technology, get it right, yada, yada. There's also something about like, and we're learning that ourselves, right? Because we're doing all lo-fi videos. Um, we're doing a number of things that are not as fancy. It little, and I wouldn't say messy in, in a, in a, unprofessional way. But I don't think our, the audience out there is requiring or needing things to be sophisticated and fancy. If you can be heard and seen and hear your off-screen uh, camera um a scene partner, then you've done your work. And if your backgrounds are not massively distracting, um, and if you are present in the scene and you don't, you're not miming and you're not creating all kinds of crazy eye lines because you think you're supposed to, all those mm -hmm. things that get in the way of a really interpersonal experience, two people talking to each other, um, two human beings having a human experience, then it can be much simpler and it can be messier and it can be freer. You know, one of the things that I've talked to actors about in their self-taping thing is you get to, you can improvise before the, the moment before, the scene before. You can do that a few times and then just go in and edit. And yes, there's some technology that's connected with editing. Not that hard. There's but a YouTube it, video on that. You're fine. Yeah, it's so easy. <laughs> Pretty simple. But why not if you're if you're uh, if you do repetition work and you have a person who you do repetition work with, you can do that and sure. and then you get yourself into that wonderful place that you cannot do in an audition room, right? right? And you get to just be in this wonderful flow with another human being, even if it is someone who's not an actor. You can you can be so present that you are walking into the scene, entering the scene alive. 
you can do the scene over and over again, not a hundred times, but you know, sometimes you get to that moment where the scene is just over and you just see, I see it in class, where you just see that moment that the person has let go and they're shown up for themselves and they're in, the, and they're, they're in this connection. And then you say, start the scene again, right there. You can do that. And suddenly you've done it three times in a row and you haven't called cut for yourself. And, the, and it's that third take because you've just been in this incredible flow with the other person. So these are amazing things that you can do that nobody sees and then you just cut the little scene that you that that worked of that process and you send that in and it looks like magic. So I think what we are finding here is that the self-tape process and the moving away from this in-person auditioning actually has the potential to humanize the industry, humanize your work, let's say that. Um, it has the potential to make this a lot easier for you yeah. and a lot more human for you, yeah. removing some of the structure of the antiquated audition process. Yeah. But it requires that mental shift. It does, and 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 let just a lot of letting go. You know, there's there is that um, obsession that often people have. You know, I, I keep hearing about people saying, "Well, I you know I did like 13, 14, 25 takes, and then I went back later in the day and did some more, and then I sent it in, and then I did it again." And, you know, I, I want to just refer to the director, who is, if you understand this, is, and it may this may deflate you, but it gives you a, rea a, a reality of the context in which you're being seen and appreciated, hopefully. Um, so there's the director, and uh, she's been scouting all day in a van in the rain and been driving around in traffic and did not find her location. And she's day three into a seven-day prep and hasn't really seen a full script that's, that's working yet. And she has to now go out the next day and scout for another 10, 12 hours. And she comes home and puts her kids to bed and is exhausted. And finally, the script comes in. And now she's got to read the script and make her notes and think about how she's going to shoot it. And then it's midnight. And she's getting picked up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go scout. And then an email comes in from the casting director. Did you watch the tapes? And she goes, shit, I didn't watch those tapes. I better watch them because I have to... Obviously, this role has to be cast in the next 24 hours. And there are five roles. And she goes to the tapes. And whether they're self-tapes or whether they're audition tapes or a combination of those, she literally is exhausted and anxious and feeling incredible stress and pressure and needs to sleep. And so she, she's on her phone and she's lying in bed and she goes to those tapes and starts watching. And the first person is not present because they were worried about their lighting and their heads up, you know, just not there. And the next person has some other issue about, I'm trying to remember all these words. And then the next person is like reading with their husband and their husband's not a very good reader and, and it's not really going that well and they're just deflated and giving up. And she's just like, I don't know. And the fourth person showed up. Right, that fourth person showed up and is right in in this and doing it for all of the the reasons we're talking about and is deeply engaged in the scene and doesn't really care about anything but what's happening, what they want, what the connection is. They're listening, you know, really um, uh, it, with presence and all that. And she goes, "Oh my God, that's that's it right there. That person affected me." And she'll watch for maybe 7, 10, 15 seconds. Then she'll maybe watch a little longer, but not the whole scene, not three scenes. She'll just go, that person, I like that person, let's do that. She just wants to go to sleep and feel like she's been moved by another human being, and that's a person she wants to work with and is excited about and moves on, right? And so when that happens, 
that person is is cast, or at least that becomes one of her choices. She may not even watch the rest of those people, or she'll watch it and go through the same process. So, Risa, are you that director? No. <laughs> it just felt really personal. I'm just saying, everything well, you just said, it was like, is she opening her diary just now? Is that well, you know experience? what, though? I mean, I've had that experience. <laughs> I, I have know had you that have. experience. And, and what I'm saying about that is, that may sound like, shit, like, what do I, why bother, you know? But you can be that fourth yeah, person that's right. so easily if you get rid of all of those limiting beliefs right. about what this is. And you make your little movie. You show up. You know, I, I've told you the story about Tim Matheson, um, who we cast in, in The Affair. And um, that was a really interesting experience because we needed a guy in his 70s. And we asked some people who didn't happen to be in L.A. to self-tape. And they were in New York and they were in Ojai. And he happened to be on set like out of town. And all of these guys didn't know what a self-tape was. And these are very talented actors who've been around for a long time. People that you won, know. Right. People who have won yeah. Tony Awards right. and Emmy Awards. People who we've all who have been famous in their time. Right. Maybe they're semi-retired. Maybe they're going to their Broadway show to perform that night. <laughs> or maybe they're on set like Tim was shooting. Sure. And they are finding, and these are like, you know, I will tell you from experience, my memory is not what it used to be. So like they don't, they are asking, being asked to learn five, six pages of dialogue for this self-tape for this one scene. But nobody told them these are self-tape parameters or limitations or rules. And so they just sit down at the kitchen with somebody they know. Their wife, their whoever. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and they, they do the work. And so Tim did the most beautiful self-tape. And I was very, I was just blown away by it. And um, he then wanted to come in the room because he came back into town. And, and, he, and, and I said, well, he doesn't need to come in the room. I told his agent, he goes, no, no, he knows you, he wants to come in. And I said, fine, fine, fine. So he came in and I said to him, so what was that? What was that? That was really lovely. And he said, you know, I went to work that day. I was in my hotel room and I went from my, my bedroom into my living room. And it was just a shorter you know, trip than when I go to set and I went to set in my living room and I just had the same mentality. I'm going to work. There's a camera. It's my take. Right. I, he found someone to read with. It was not the most amazing actor in the world. It didn't matter. But he showed up the way he shows up when he goes to work. And even if you don't know what that is, even if your experience is, well, I've never been on set or um, I, I don't, you know, I don't really know what that is. You know what it's like to be in the work. And so for him, that mentality allowed him to do the same kind of work he would do if he showed up onto set to shoot. Sure. And then we redid the scenes and I ended up with his understanding and approval and agreement. I sent in one scene from his self-tape and one scene that mm -hmm. we did in the room because we both agreed that those were the best takes. And the work was beautiful and affected and moved everybody, as did so many of those other guys. It was like, it was, it was, heartening to see what those people did because they didn't do anything but show up to work show up the way they would you know to rehearsal for a show or to on set to shoot and it was present and moving and and really uh gorgeous and he got cast because sure. of that uh, that mentality and so you have to look at the self-tape again this is a way you can't do that quite the same way when you go into an audition room right you know and and what happens is you do this kind of work in your self-tapes it starts to change how you go into an audition room because you're, you're, you're entering the workplace with ease, with leadership, and with all of the values about the work and not getting approved or being right or all of the things that people you know are challenged by in their audition process. Right. I remember um, doing self-tapes at my agent's office 
because that's where you, you used to do them. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think what was challenging for me is that the relationship I had with my agent was not an artistic relationship by any means. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, they did their thing, but I didn't trust them artistically. Mm. You know, they did their thing. I did mine, but, but with them in a sort of command position, audience position, director position, um, giving notes, uh, was pretty limiting for me. It was sort of like, you know, you're, you're in some situation where there's a relationship or, or living at your parents' house with their rules. And, and all of a sudden you get out on your own and you think, Oh, I'm going to do it my way. And I think that's what you need to think about, about self-taping that, um, where before I had to abide by their rules and I was a guest in their house. Now I get to ask myself, you know, just like kick out the tent poles and ask like, where can we find space here? And what can I do to make this amazing? Or, you know what, I want incense in this, like whatever that is for you yeah. so that you create a situation that is your best working experience. And so you have to carve out a little bit of space perhaps, but, but other than that, um, you need to, to, to break down those mental barriers that get in the way so that you can create a structure that is your best working experience, which is so cool that you have the ability to do that. And really show up, you know, unapologetically, right. you know, ferociously, excitedly, and, and, and do the kind of work that you would do. People say, I, I want to do the kind of work if I got the part, well, now you get That's to do it. it. You have the part right. for that time in your home. And it's not delusional. It's actually really healthy to say, this is me making my little movie here, doing my side of the scene, always listening attentively. Cause that's another thing actors forget to do. It's What's like, that? haha, um, to be really present. And, yeah. but, but why not what is the expression? Balls to the walls? That could be one expression. Yeah. Go big, go home. Balls okay. to the walls, yeah, yeah, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and, uh, that kind of stuff will get people's attention. Not, not big or loud or, or out of, you know, crazy for its own sake, but you have this incredible freedom. And when you see that work, you go, not only am I moved by that, I mean, you're excited by that. Right. You know, you, you get pulled out of, your your trauma as a filmmaker, yeah, sure. you know your, your your sense of we're never going to find this, we're never going to find our location, you know we're never going to this, and and suddenly somebody excites you because they're they're offering a strong point of view, right. and they're deep inside this thing, and you get to and you see that on the on on film, you know, which is going to be your medium very likely, and you get to say, oh my god, that's it, I want that. Sure. It brings you back to why you got totally. in the first place, why yeah. you're doing it. It brings you back to your values as a filmmaker or even executive or all of it. Yeah. And that has value. That has great, great value. Um, and so, you know, th the shift for everyone listening is turn this into a practice. Do the initial work of getting your mind right about it and turn it into a practice. Pull out your seven-day calendar and say, these are the days, realistically, within, you know, your schedule of kids and work and whatever else, um, where I am going to make some self-tapes. I'm going to do three a week or whatever, right? Yeah. Like just so that you're in the practice of this, you work out the kinks, you start enjoying the work, do the work of enjoying the work. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is the, the new actor's life. And so let's embrace it. Yeah, know? absolutely. And the way you show up to work on your friend's film or for a friend's reading, you know, or in something that you've created, you show up with that, that amount of excitement and ease and leadership. You can do that in your self-tape and take the word audition out of it and look at it as a practice and a filmmaking experience. And if you do that, 
what happens is it's not about the self to bring this back to the 2600 year old Buddhist philosophy. This isn't about your ego, about satisfying a craving to be a big fancy movie star who's validated by the industry. Rather, it becomes uh, recording um, an incredible human experience with someone else where you have a clear intention you're very specific with your work and you're in active pursuit of it. And that's the kind of stuff that books work. Yeah. So just as we're putting the finishing touches on our podcast on self-taping, the New York Times put out an article, a huge article on the self-tape phenomenon and the way that really uh, got me interested and excited is that it spoke to the fact that theater work, Broadway specifically in this case, um, is are using self-tapes as a way to audition actors. <laughs> a medium that is an in-person experience where you need to see people in the room, you know, in your theater in order to cast them, are using self-tapes as a major uh, process to cast shows. And I, I reached out to Bernie Telsey, who was quoted in the article, who's a, a you know peer and partner in New York, who does a ton of theater, a lot of Broadway shows. And he said that in almost every play, someone, at least one role, winds up getting cast from a self-tape exclusively, which is something that I don't think I realized. Um, and I sh- I'm sure a lot of you guys don't realize it as well. So this notion that theater actors have of, I have to learn, you know, it's a do- different animal, right? Like the- now, uh, you better be doing both. Yeah. You better know what it means to be intimate when someone's three feet in front of you versus being intimate with the person who's at the back of the house. Yeah. So you may have to sing a big song, yeah. right, <laughs> on a self-tape um, and do some really interesting work. And I saw a couple of them recently because I asked to look at some of them. And what I loved about them was it, in a way, gave a bunch of, and these are, very, you know, seasoned um, you know, theater actors in New York um, gave them permission to just play and to do all kinds of kooky shit. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter. Right. I'm, I'm a theater guy, so yeah. I can do whatever I want. It Love created it. an incredible amount of freedom. Sure. And that kind of stuff got them booked, you know, because they were not in town. They were one guy's doing a movie in London, but he wants to audition for a Broadway show. He has to audition for a Broadway show. Uh, and yes, people have to audition, you know, over and over and over and over again. And he just, you know, said, screw it. And he played and he sang and he was in some, in his apartment and, and just, it was so fun and so loose and so free. And I don't know that he would have given himself permission to do that if he walked into a Broadway theater or Mm. into a Broadway casting office, even at Bernie, at Telsey and Company to do that in one of those rooms. So he, you know, gave himself real freedom to go nuts. And it was just lovely. And, and I'm also hearing from people who are on the road, you know, doing a, a show and they're on tour and they're, you know, somewhere in Cincinnati. And then they get the call. We need to see you for this show in New York. And, or LA or San Diego or London, and they're like stuck in some hotel room in Cincinnati and they self-tape and that has been actually working and and theater producers have started to get right with it. And uh, so this is an incredible tool for you if you're a theater person. No genre is safe. (laughs) So we have to get right with the self-tape. Yeah. We love sharing this content with our community. We offer it 100% free and it's our privilege to do so. If you're loving this podcast and are interested in offering something in return, go ahead and subscribe to The Acting Podcast. Then find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcast and leave us an honest rating and review. Your words will help us bring this work to even more actors and artists around the world. Thank you so much for listening and for being here with us. 
We love how this community shows up for us and for each other online and in the studio. And as a thank you to our incredible community, we want to give you an amazing free gift. It's called the Comprehensive Guide to the Perfect Self-Tape. So all you have to do is screenshot your review, send it to theactingpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you an exclusive gift of the Perfect Self-Tape Guide to take your work to the next level. And come visit us online at thebgbstudio.com. And if you're in L.A., Atlanta, or New York, Jump into a class with us. We're here to get you into the kind of shape necessary to be successful. 